The big guns are out tonight. Lior is back in the chair, and we're ready already, ready already, to answer your questions on the phone lines. And that is 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, or if you uh, would rather, one talk That is toll-free throughout the evening. You can send an email over as well. We'll do our best to get some of those later on. That is help at employmenthour.com. But first, before we get into uh, you must do something about it when all these uh, good points that we're going to talk about throughout the show this evening, we get to the week that was. How are you, pal? Hey, John. uh, I am doing well. I am excited, as always, to be here, Mm -hmm. feeling good, feeling uh, energetic. So hopefully we can uh, keep this uh, Employment Hour show of ours moving along. We answer a lot of questions. I encourage you to call us right now with your questions. And maybe your Monday didn't go as planned. Maybe something happened at work. Your boss said something or did something. Or maybe you're concerned something's coming down and and you want to know what to do about it. Hey, no point worrying. No point wondering Call us right now. I'll answer your questions. I'll give you guidance. I'll tell you what to do uh, and and hopefully solve that problem. There's no bad questions about your workplace rights, about employment law. And always remember, when you call this show, when you call us with your questions, there's people listening. You'll be helping them as well. Your situation may be one that others are experiencing, so help them. Do them the favor by calling us and and having your questions answered. And if you want to talk to me privately, if you don't want to get on air, not a problem, not an issue. Throughout the show, we'll give you my contact information so that we can connect off air and talk and discuss your workplace Mm -hmm. problems. So many ways to, to get in touch. But get going, getting going here today, week that was. A couple situations that I dealt with over the past few days, last week, uh, etc. So first one I want to tell you about uh, involved a company that did the opposite of what I've been saying on this on the show not to do. So this company uh, uh, pays bonuses usually in August. They have a fiscal that ends in July, and they pay bonuses in August. Well, this particular gentleman that called me uh, expected a nice big bonus, over $20,000 to get in August. He, he's received similar bonuses over the past few years. This year was a good year, so that he expected to receive another one in August. Except in early July, what happens? He gets a letter of termination and company says we're letting you go uh, they're saying it's restructuring and uh he asked them first thing before he even looks at that severance letter says well what about the bonus in august yeah. and they they almost look confused and they say well you're not going to be here in august we just let you go so you're not going to get the bonus now and beyond that and this guy's worked there for five years they offered him eight weeks pay uh, mm. and no bonus so he called me and he wanted to know what gives here so right off the bat first of all eight weeks is not enough. They owed him a lot more than eight weeks pay, probably about six months pay. So right off the hop, right off the bat, uh, this is a wrongful dismissal. This is a common situation. But the interesting thing is on the bonus. Now he earned the bonus. He worked his fiscal year. He did his part. We you have a history of paying bonuses over the past four or five years. They cannot, the company cannot pick a convenient date to try to avoid paying him the $20,000 that he's owed. They cannot do that. The law is smarter than that. If he's earned it, they have to pay it. And beyond that, the fact that they did that, it's clear that what they're trying to do is avoid paying him this bonus. Yeah. There could be other damages that they may owe him. Uh, there could be bad faith damages. So I've, I've said this before on the show. Don't do that. Don't try to avoid paying someone a bonus, a commission, or any payment by letting them go before you actually write the check. That doesn't work. It's going to be a problem. So this company is going to end up having to pay. And I wanted to remind everyone out there, employees and employers, 
If the employees earn the payment, bonus, commission, etc., they have to get it paid. You can't let them go and avoid paying them. You can't uh, come up with a reason, uh, well, you're not there anymore, etc. It doesn't work. John, if you've earned it, you have to get it paid. You bet. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell. As Lior says, call in now with your issues. And uh, just questions, general questions about your job or employment. You've always wondered. Phone lines are open. one 225 talk That is toll-free. What else you got going on tonight? Uh, next uh, matter, again, someone that I spoke with last week. Uh, it's a reminder for salespeople to pay even more attention, even closer attention to your severance package. This particular individual that had called me, he lost his job. Now, he had had a fairly modest base salary, about $30,000 a year, but with commission, he earned over $100,000. You know, nice, nice, nice compensation. Well, he was let go very recently for restructuring. Now, the guy's been there for uh, eight years. The company had offered him 14 weeks pay of just base salary. Yep. So 14 weeks based on $30,000. He called me and he wanted to, his big issue is, wait a second, do I only get paid on 30000 My total compensation is 100000 Well, he was absolutely right to call. Your severance is based on your total compensation, your average earnings. So if he makes $100,000 a year on average with commission, that is the figure that has mm-hmm. to be used to pay him his severance. It's not just his base salary. Remember, when it comes to your severance, all components of your compensation have to be included. Salary, bonus, commission, benefits, car allowance, pension, you name it, it has to be included. This is a very common situation with salespeople that earn commission. Oftentimes, the company wants or ends up shortchanging them or tries to shortchange them on their severance. So if you're a commission salesperson or if you're someone that your compensation varies, the company can't just pick the lowest number to pay your severance. Oh, and by the way, John, 14 weeks for him was not even close to being enough. He was owed more than double that. So this guy was owed probably an extra seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000. i am going to help him wow. get that. And I wanted to bring this up to remind everyone to not just pay attention to the number of weeks or months you'll get paid, but also what's included in it. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell and one 225 talk That is toll-free. As always, our uh, faithful listeners and callers have top priority on the show. And uh, Steve, in that regard, how are you, pal? Good evening. Hey, I'm doing very well. Thanks for taking the call. So I just have a, an interesting question. Just hearing what you're saying about make sure you get what you've earned and are owed. Uh, I have uh, at my job about a month or so backlogged of vacation days. And I'm wondering if... Uh, if I was to leave to a new job, let's say, you know, in like two months from now, and, and there's no way that I'm going to be able to take those vacation days, would those be owed to me as just being paid out? Yeah, and the answer is an absolute yes. Any accrued and unused vacation days have to be paid out if the employee leaves. Whether you leave or whether they let you go, any accrued and unused vacation days have to be paid out. That's not controversial whether you have two weeks or eight weeks or what have you. They have to pay that out, Steve. Now, the the, the next question is, uh, I've been with the company for, for many, many years, and the the weird thing is the, the vacation days have accrued over, I guess, different periods of time when I made a different salary. Is it some, some equation that's, that's based, okay, so, you know, this was a vacation uh, week from, you know, year two, and this was a vacation week from year three, mm-hmm. and, and you made different salaries, so that's, right. or, or is it just question. the most recent salary? No, it, it's the, the salary that it was at the time when you earned that vacation. So let's say it was 6% of, of your salary in 2016, and, and you carry those forward. So it's though it's whatever you were earning then. 
So they, they each they each week may have a different cash value depending on what your compensation was at the time that you actually earned that vacation. That's really interesting. Nice. And it's whether I get terminated or I, or I just leave. Doesn't exactly. Happen. Yes. It, it, anything accrued and unused has to be paid. And, and I, I have seen such, some situations where the company tries to shortchange the employee. If that huh. happens, you know now better. You know that that's wrong and you can certainly contact me because they have to pay it out, Steve. But that's, that's really good to know. I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch with you if I need it. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Steve, appreciate that call. And if you're wondering, by the way, how to get a hold, that's no problem. 1-855-821-5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior and that team. Helpandemploymenthour.com is the way to roll. We'll, uh, we'll get to another call here and moving on to uh, to Keith. Hey, Keith, good evening. Hi. How are you? Go ahead. Oh, not bad here. I'm going to kill the radio. Just hold on. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what you've been told so far, but uh, I work for a school board. And I have been there for uh, 15 and a half years in a mid-management position. Uh, A number of years ago, the union, one of the unions there, decided to arbitrarily try and um, make a number of people uh, union people by fighting them in arbitration. Uh, I was one of those people. It took them several years to do it. And then uh, on uh, in October of uh, 2017, I was in an arbitration session. I had no idea what happened about it until over two years later when uh, June the 3rd, I got an email in my job saying, that, congratulations, you're now a union person. By the way, you've lost 15% in pay. You've lost uh, uh, a week and a half of uh, vacation. You've lost uh, some other benefits, plus all the things uh, related to that. And by the way, you have no choice. And, uh, oh, yeah, they retroactively cut my salary. This month, uh, I am getting half the pay that I had been getting up until now. And and this happened, and you were notified of this, uh, Keith, in June, this past June? No, all of a sudden, I got an email in June the 3rd saying, uh, I can read it to you if you want. I have it on the screen. So so just so I'm clear, it's, it's June of this year, last month? Yes. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, do, do you want me to read the email? No, no, I, I understand. Oh, okay. I, I have an idea what it said. I just wanted to have the timing straight. I wanted to make sure there wasn't yeah, June they, of last they said, year. They said, congratulations, you are now a union member or something to that effect, effective yeah. May the 3rd. In other words, they took a Retroactively. To yeah, yep. and then they said, oh, by the way, the board wants to cut your pay, which they <sighs> did. That's why this month I'm getting half my pay. Okay, so here's the thing, Keith. This is an interesting situation. Uh, I dealt with a similar one not too long ago. So here's how this works. You were a non-union employee. Something happens. doesn't really matter how we got here, frankly. But now the company tells you you have no choice. You're a union employee. Different, Obviously, different thing being unionized and not unionized. And by the way, for the pleasure of being unionized, you're taking a pay cut. Well, what we call this in my world, we call this a constructive dismissal. You were constructively dismissed when you were turned into a union employee when the, your pay was cut. Therefore, and because this happened in June, so very recently, you still have time to deal with it. Thank God you're not talking to me a month from now because it would have been too late. So okay. your options is you can obviously continue working in this role, in which case that is that is your new reality, or you can treat your employment as being terminated and pursue severance. Now, Keith, how long have you been there for? 
How long did you work there? Half, uh, I've worked there on contract for about four years, and then after that for about 15 and a half years in mid-management. And wow. mid-management. How old are you, Keith? 67. You oh, were boy. looking at potentially 20 months pay, potentially even more than that is what you wrote. Now, th- any extra day you stay there, you, you diminish your ability to do this because you're going to be considered to have accepted this. So, Keith, you have the option to leave with that compensation. I don't want you to leave, though, before you and I talk off air. There's obviously a lot at stake, and we have to do this right, and I okay, want to find out a bit ahead, more, I more information from you. I have an appointment with one of your people uh, on the phone on Thursday. Beautiful. We're going to help you deal with this as a constructive dismissal, dismissal Keith. Uh, you have significant entitlements, and the good news is you still have time to deal with it. So we're going we're gonna to take care of that. Okay, now, stupid question. Odd as it may seem, I like my job. I'd like to stay for another couple of years, mainly because I can't afford to retire yet. That's why I'm still there. Right. Does this mean I have to quit? The reality, you have to make a choice between continuing in the union position with a lower pay or leaving. There would be no third option. Okay. And if you continue in this position, that's fine. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you get paid what you get paid, and you'll probably be able to work there till retire. Uh, retirement, but but that's it. You know, there's really no mid option. They're not going to have the ob- ability to make you non-union because they're bound by the collective agreement. So it's either quit and pursue severance, or continue working with the pay cut. Keith, we're going to uh, let you go there. Well, I want to talk uh, something about what Keith just said when we come back. Francesco, I see you as well. You hang on the line. We'll get to your call. And plenty of time for uh, for you as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free. The Monday night edition of the Employment Hour is underway big time right here on Global News Radio. You know, I thought it was curious there, uh, Lior. One of the things Steve said before I hung up was, uh, you know, I really want to, I really want to keep the job. I'd like to hang in there for a couple more years until I retire. That's like, oh wait, we just said that you could possibly get up to twenty months severance. Sail on, my friend. Sail on. That's almost the two years you're going to work anyway. You're right, and you know some people want to work, and I, I give him full mm-hmm. props for it. That's that's great, yep. and it's it's admirable. But at the end of the day, he could be compromising his entitlements and earning a lot right. less by continuing to work than not working and getting severance. He's going to have to make that decision, but he seems to me like a hardworking, honest guy, and, and absolutely good for him. We're going to move on, as promised, to uh, to Francesco. Hey, uh, Francesco, good evening. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on in your world tonight? Okay. Uh... I've been a driver all my life, and uh, I worked for a company for about 14 years. And uh, uh, about 2015, I had a little accident, uh, shoulder pain and whatever. So a year and a half goes by, and I, uh, and I reopened the case again. So as soon as I reopened the case, the company slowly said, uh, we don't have no work for you. Uh, they just led me on until... I said, what do you want to do, uh, find myself another job? And uh, they didn't have the, the guts to confront me face-to-face and tell me that uh, they were laying me off. And Francesco, were you part of a union? Yes, I was. Then in that situation, obviously what you, you, you've described is wrong, not even a question. But because you were part of a union, the only one that can help you is the union. The union is the only one that can represent you, advance your interests, try to get your job back. Whatever it is, uh, the union has to do it. You don't have the ability to do it yourself. You're not allowed to, to, to hire a lawyer to solve the problem for you. It has to be the union. Well, I spoke to the union, and they told me we'd rather pull for the company than for you. Mm. 
Man, oh man. And, and I've I, heard I, this record before. I've heard this as well many, many, many times, every week in Frank, in fact. But the, even with that situation, the union is the only one allowed to help you. Now, what you can do if the union is not doing anything is you can file a complaint against the union with the labor board. It's called the duty of fair representation complaint. But honestly, Francesco, those types of complaints are almost never successful. Rarely, rarely are they successful. So I don't really recommend them. That's the problem with being part of a union. If the union won't help you, you're really out of options. Uh, I, I wish I could do something for you, Francesco, but it has to be the union. There's no other options. Wow. Right. Well, they did it in a way. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you, Francesco. Yeah, yeah, we we hear that, you know, you hear that frustration, and then like, okay, what do I do now? I'm kind of, I'm kind of screwed, right? John, I, I probably get four or five emails a day where I have to write back and say, you know, the union's the only one that can help you, and there's no other options, and I almost always get back response, but the union won't do anything or won't help me. And again, I'm not picking on unions; I'm just telling you what I get. Sometimes the union may have a good reason. But that's the unfortunate thing when you are unionized, that the union is the only one that's allowed to help you. Yeah. It's not a question about me not wanting to or not knowing how. I'm not allowed. I can't. No one can other than the union. That is by law. So if you have a workplace problem and you're unionized, you have to work with the, your union to get that solved. We're talking about things you must do something about when. How about that topic for tonight? I love this one. Where did you, where'd you come up with this one? Well, you know, my, my, my many, many uh, talents is to come up with uh, uh, topics, one of those many talents. But That's the right. reality is that this is something I get asked uh, a lot about. You know, here's my situation. Should I do something about it? Uh, and, and there are many situations where if you don't do something about a problem, you're going to compromise your rights. You're going to uh, pay for it later. So I wanted to pick some topics, some situations where if you're faced with the situation, you got to do something about it. And I'll tell you, of course, what you should be doing. And the, the lesson here is any of those situations, you can't ignore them. You got to do what I say. We'll get into those right away. You must do something about it when despite your good performance, your employer puts you on a performance improvement plan. Absolutely. And, and listen, if your performance is not good, if, if you, the performance improvement plan is justified, then I guess the only thing you can do is do your best to improve that performance. But if you feel your performance is fine, if you feel that the performance improvement plan is not justified or it's not done in good faith, you have to do something about it. You cannot just sit and take it and accept it because later on when the company wants to let you go, it's going to come by then and, and, and hurt you. So what you do in that situation, if you get an unjustified performance improvement plan or, or put on one, is you have to let the company know that you don't agree with it. You have to mm -hmm. let the company know, here's the information company that you're not aware of. Here's what you're forgetting. Here's what actually happened. Tell them the facts, the truth. Give them your perspective as to why your performance may not be good. Uh, if there's information that they don't know about, or maybe there was an external factor that impacted your performance, tell them. Put that in writing. It's not even, it doesn't even matter if they agree with you. It's not about right. them agreeing. It's about them knowing it and you putting it in writing. By doing that, you're preserving your rights. You're going to make it that much more difficult for the company to let you go. You're going to make it easier for it to stand up for your rights. So whenever you're put on a performance improvement plan that you don't agree with, you have to say so and you have to say so in writing. 416-870-6400-640 on sale. You want to call in with your questions. Would love to uh, talk to you for the remainder of the show. Peter, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Very well. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern, my friend? 
Uh, my concern is that I was employed uh, with this company, and there was a, a workplace harassment file that I put forth against an one of the employees, my immediate supervisor. Okay. The um, situation was investigated by the Ministry of Labor. Um, I was told that I would be transferred to a different department to remove myself from the environment oh. that was toxic. And um, I haven't heard anything from the company. I've been basically, I did receive an email saying, thank you very much, but uh, good luck in the future. From who? who? Who sent that email? The employer. What do you mean good luck in the future? Did they let you go? Apparently. That's what I'm to assume. Uh, were you part of a union, Peter? No. Okay. And when did this happen? When did you get this email? I got the email a couple of weeks ago, and I was removed from my job position, anticipating being transferred to a different department Yes. Um, in the beginning of June. And so I've been in correspondence with the Ministry of Labor, um, and then the Ministry of Labor investigated, filed a claim. And then um, I got an email from the employer saying they're going to uh, dismiss the file and um, good luck in the future. And, and for the past few weeks, you haven't worked and you haven't heard from the employer? That's correct. Wow. Well, this is this is terrible, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's illegal in the sense that uh, if you file a harassment complaint, even if that harassment complaint ultimately cannot be verified, even if the company believes that there really wasn't harassment, what they're not allowed to do, Peter, is they're not allowed to let you go. They cannot mm. let you go in circumstances when you file the harassment complaint, even if the complaint is not verified. So right off the bat, what they did is illegal. Now, did they? I'm, I'm assuming they didn't pay you any severance. Oh no. And no, how long have I, you worked there for? I was. It was a seasonal employment. Yes. I was hired. I was hired in mid-April of this year. And I, yes, of this year. And I was. Uh, the harassment claim uh, went in the beginning of June. And um, I was removed. I removed myself along with the compliance of the employer from the environment with the toxic relationship. And then I was just correspondence saying that the Ministry of Labor would investigate. Right now, now Peter, did, seasonal job. Yeah. When were you supposed to be done this job? Was it in, in November? Probably the, end, probably the end of October. End of October. Now, did you have an agreement with them? Anything in writing outlining your, that that timeline? I signed a contract, yes. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, number one, the termination itself, based on what you just described to me, appears to be completely illegal because it's related to your harassment complaint. But beyond that, if you're there essentially on a fixed term from April till end of October, if they let mm -hmm. you go in June, whenever that is, they have yeah. to still pay you until the end of October. They still have yes. to pay you till the end of the contract. So that that alone is, I don't know, four months or something like that. So, so right off the bat, there's a, a big issue for the company. They could owe you significant compensation. So, Peter, obviously, there's more that you and I need to get into. And what I want you then to do is I want you to reach out to me off air. We're going to give you my, my contact information in just a sec. Let's you and I discuss this. I want to obviously see those emails you mentioned. I want to, I want to see the correspondence you've had with them. Uh, and we then can move ahead to get you the compensation that you're owed. Okay. That would be wonderful. Peter, I appreciate it. And uh, smartest thing uh, for sure you've done today, man, is make that phone call. Wow, one eight five five eight 
855-821-5900. Again, Peter, one 855 821 5900 to reach out to Lior and his team. Please do so tomorrow ASAP. Help at employmenthour.com. That just seems completely bizarre to me. And, and my, my guess here, my guess is that the company, or maybe even the Ministry of Labor, ultimately figured that uh, the harassment complaint is not justified or can't be verified or there's not enough proof. So the company says, ah, to heck with this guy. Right. Uh, we're going to let him go because of that. And, you know, he's just a new employee, so obviously we don't know him anything. Uh uh-uh. uh does not work that way. Number one, you can't let someone go and they file a harassment complaint even if it's not uh, proven. And number two, remember, on a fixed-term contract, a seasonal job is a fixed-term contract. You're hired from April till the end of October. Well, if they let you go before, they have to still pay you until the end of the contract. He may have only worked for a couple of months, but they could owe him four or five months' pay. That's how it works. That's why it's so, so, so important to get some legal advice in all these situations. That's why a five-minute phone call is so worth it on the show, Mondays, Wednesdays, weekends, employment hour and 30 on Global TV and CTV as well. That's exactly the essence why we do this show. Uh, you must do something about it when your employer starts taking away responsibilities or changing hours of work. That is a huge one. When your employer makes it so that your job or the job you had is no longer the job that you have now, you got to do something about it. Maybe the hours have changed, your responsibilities, your duties, maybe even your compensation. If your job changes, you have to do something about it. Now, a couple things you can do is you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with, with severance. But in some situations, maybe the company's made a small change. What you don't want to have happen is you don't want to accept it because by then, if you accept it, you give them the right to do it again, except next time it could be a big change. So what do you do if you don't want to leave? Well, you send a note to your employer and saying, employer, just so you know, uh, by me accepting this change that you've just made, I want to make it clear that I'm not agreeing to future changes. I am not agreeing to you being able to make other changes in the future. Put that in writing. By doing that, you're preventing your employer from later on saying, aha, because we did it last time, we can do it again and again and again. So you preserve your rights. The worst thing that you can do if your employer changes the terms of your employment is to sit back, say nothing, and just continue working silently. By doing that, you've opened the door wide. You've let them make changes again. So when your terms are being changed, either you may have the option to treat that as a constructive dismissal or at the very least say in writing that you're not agreeing to future changes. We're talking about situations where you must do something about it now as soon as it happens to avoid any uh, problems later. Another one is after a few years on the job, your employer says, hey, you want to, uh, you want to sign a new employment agreement for you? Just sign right <laughs> over here. Sign right over here. So yeah. you, you're working, you, you have a job, you, you're fine with it. Your employer shows up one day, usually it's on a, like on a Friday, and they say, hey, new employment agreement, we want you to sign. And uh, what you may do is you take a look, wait a second, the salary in the agreement is the same as what I'm making. The week's yep. vacation is the same as what I have. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. I'll sign that agreement. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Not so fast. Not at all. There's only one reason the company is going to want you to sign a new employment agreement. It's because that agreement is better for them. And one of the things it may do is it may limit your future severance. I can almost guarantee that. By signing a new agreement, what you may be doing is giving up tens of thousands of dollars of future severance that's owed to you. 
Don't do that ever, ever, ever. So what do you do instead? Well, number one, pay attention to the agreement. Does it does it talk about severance? Does it limit it? Does it give the company other powers that it shouldn't have, like the power to change your job or change your compensation or lay you off temporarily? Review it, read it, understand it. Or if you're not sure what it does and what it means, send it over to me. Let me read it and tell you what it means. And if it is, in fact, uh, an agreement that is problematic is if it is an agreement that you shouldn't be signing, do not sign it. Tell your employer, thanks, but no thanks. If you sign it, you'll pay for it later. And remember, you cannot be punished or penalized in any way for refusing to sign a new employment agreement. You can absolutely say, hey, employer, I'm fine with the way things are. Be smart about it. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know what it means, reach out to me. You can't just sign that agreement. Still lots of time for you to call through, ask your questions. If any of this has you uh, shaking your head going, hold on, I think I missed something there. It's uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell or one 225 talk That number is toll-free. We're talking about times where you need to do something uh, about your current situations in the workplace. Uh, for instance, you've asked your employer to investigate, there you go, sexual harassment by a co-worker, and instead of not, not only dismissing it like we had with Peter, they don't do anything about it. Yeah, it's 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 a huge problem, and and the first thing you do in a sexual harassment uh, or any harassment doesn't have to be sexual harassment is you you give the company the opportunity to fix it. You inform them, you file that harassment complaint if you need to, fill out yeah. those forms, and make sure the employer knows about it and and does something. They have the obligation to do it. But if nothing happens, you did that, and the employer doesn't take it seriously, doesn't care, does a, you know drops the ball on the investigation. We still have to do something about it. You can't just say, well, you know, I tried, hey, uh, bygones. No, no. If you continue working in a harassment type of a situation, eventually you'll pay for it. You'll pay for it with your health, with your well-being, potentially with your job. A very bad idea. So we have to, at that point, deal with it externally. We have to get you out of there with compensation. If we, if we can't fix the problem, the only thing we could do is get you out of there, get your compensation, and have you move to a different job where, where hopefully you'll be treated much, much better. So you reach out to me, and if, if we can show what's happened, if we can establish that harassment, it's not difficult to treat that as a constructive dismissal and get you out of there. So that's what you do. You, you try to resolve it with the company, you give them that opportunity, you document that you've done that, and if that doesn't work, if that nothing happens, if that doesn't uh, solve that problem, you reach out to me and then we talk about getting you out of there getting you compensation so you don't have to continue to being har- to be harassed uh, time and time again. You must do something about it when you're uh, you know, being offered a job as, oh, look, an independent contractor, but you know you really aren't one, right? Yep, yeah, and, and you'll know it. And listen, our regular listeners hopefully by now know the difference between an independent contractor and an employee, and they know that so many people every day are misclassified. They're hired or treated as independent contractors when they really are employees in the eyes of the law. And, you know, the problem is if you're, you know, you apply for a job and good news, you got the job, but hey, you're going to be an independent contractor. If you know you're not, you're going to have a regular job. You're going to go to the office, work, go home. You really are an employee. You don't want to just accept it. You don't want to just continue working on that basis because there could be tax consequences, other reasons why you'll pay for it later. So what do you do? You try to work with your company. You try to explain to them, you know, maybe it makes sense to have me as an employee. You know, it's better for both of us uh, that we do it legally. Uh, and, and in some cases, the company may well be reasonable. If the company is not reasonable, you really have to think 
uh, long and hard about taking a job because essentially you're entering into an illegal arrangement. Not a good idea. In, in a worst, worst case scenario, if you're going to accept a job when you know you're being misclassified, what you want to do with that situation is be very conservative with your taxes. Don't try to get all kinds of tax deductions because later on, if you're ever audited, CRA uh-huh. is going to say, no, no, you were really an employee. You shouldn't have gotten these deductions. And that could be hell to pay in that case. So be smart about it. Call me if you're not sure uh, about uh, what you really are. But don't just agree to be misclassified. That's an invitation for disaster down the road. We were talking about times you really must do something about it. Another one here is uh, you're you're laid off after undergoing a major surgery, despite the boss promising full-time work once you return from that surgery. Yes, and, and you, you, you expected to get a job, uh, as you, you should be getting a job after you came back from your disability, from your surgery. Uh, all of a sudden, there is no job. Well, that's a problem, okay, because uh, a company has the legal obligation to hire you if at all possible. They can't say they don't want to. They can't say you've been too, there too long. They can't say, well, we didn't know if you're going to come back to work. So the first thing you do is if you're going to be off on a, on a medical leave or a disability leave, keep your employer up to date. Make sure that they know how long you expect to be gone, when you expect right. to be back, etc., and, and whether you're going to need any accommodation. You don't want them later on to say, oh, we didn't know. We thought you're going to be gone for longer or shorter or that you're not coming back at all. Keep them up to date. In many cases, by then being kept up to date, they may make it easier for them to take you back. If they don't take you back, it's a human rights violation. You have to reach out to me. Remember, the law allows you to be off as long as you need to. And if your employer lets you go, you have to do something about it. The law protects you. Reach out to me, and I'll help. So we've got a couple minutes here to move over to a phone call. Uh, Eric, thank you for calling in. Good evening. Uh, yeah, good evening. Yeah, I'm just go ahead. On, yeah, I'm just calling on behalf of my fiancé. She was working at this place, and um, she recently got let go, officially in the sense where they offered some package to a group of them, and she, she took the package. But you were paying into a life insurance with the company, but um, she told me that she didn't get anything from the insurance that she put in. She put in that life insurance, but I was thinking maybe because she 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 leave the job, at least she could just maybe like like give her something from the insurance that she contributed. So, so if she was let go, the company or the insurance company doesn't have to pay her back her premiums. But if she speaks to the insurance company, she may be able to convert that life insurance policy to an individual policy, so that she doesn't lose it. Okay, uh, but she doesn't get the premiums back. But was your fiance let go? No, it wasn't a, a official let go. It's like a package offered, like um, to a group of them. No, but but was she was she let go? Or she was Hello. So she was let go from her job. Uh, yeah, in that sense, yeah, yeah, she was offered a package. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. how long did you work there for? Uh, she was there going going about uh, let me see, going about twenty years, I should think. Oh my God. Twenty years, and how many months paid did they offer her? Uh, right off the bat, I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't give that exact. I don't really. Yeah. Well, well, the, I think the real issue here, and again, I don't know anything about your your fiance's specific situation. The real issue is that she's probably owed about eighteen months' pay. 
So unless they gave her that, that's probably the issue here, that they may owe her more compensation. Uh, the package that they give her is not adequate. It's not so much the issue about the life insurance. It's about that severance package. So, Eric, I want you to talk to her, your fiance. If she didn't get that 18 months pay, hopefully she hasn't accepted it. She needs to reach out to me as soon as possible, okay? Okay. And, here, Eric, here's the, uh, here's the number you're going to use. It's one eight five five eight two one. 5900 again 18558215900 that is one of those situations where you hope she didn't sign a 20 year employee right I, I sure hope so, because chances yeah, are, that without knowing anything, that she was offered a lot less, only because most people are. Hopefully, she didn't sign it, and I can hopefully help her. We're uh, pretty much out of time here. Let me uh, see if we can slide in, Pat, with the last uh, minute. Uh, Pat, go ahead. You got one minute. What's going on with you? Uh, just a quick question. I was yep. just wondering if there's a uh, statute of limitations in terms of how long one can uh, wait before one goes back for paid vacation. Uh, I heard uh, heard you talk earlier about that uh, accrued vacation must be paid. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, So you you can go back, Pat, two years. So if you were to to pursue this now, you can go back two years from today, and anything that's been outstanding over that period of time, you can pursue. Okay, but not not greater than a two years. No, unfortunately no. There's there's a two-year limitation period, Pat. Pat, appreciate that. Good way to wrap it up for tonight. Back here Wednesday night, the weekend shows, Employment Hour and 30 on Global TV and CTV. You want to reach out now that we are done? Please do. Sounds like a lot of people should be. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com.